1: If we all spent a little more time just moving our bodies in a way that allows us to explore the areas of discomfort and weakness, we'd be able to assess and prepare for better health and performance. However, most of us just do what we like and continue to do that, and then think that the only adjustment left to be made is to just increase our intensity. This will leave you broken and discouraged. Kira Van Eggman reappeared on the podcast today to talk about a lot of this. This concept included and a multitude of other training discussions. Akira's approach to his training is one that I've really come to enjoy in the last couple of years, and I've both learned and implemented aspects of his philosophy into my own training and into my coaching. There's a ton of really great nuggets in this one. We talk about changes to Akira's training since the last time we spoke, how do we explore these ranges of motion, how do we be patient with the fact that our bodies take time to adapt and adjust to what we're putting them through, we talk about fasting and a ton more. Now, if you want to get some extra nomad strength in your life, consider please becoming a paid subscriber of the Substack. We've got bonus articles and uh, the subscriber only podcast unplugged where we dive into the fringes of old practices of health and fitness to see what we can learn and apply from them. So that's it for this. I'm going to wrap it up here. I want you guys to get into this episode with Akira. There's tons of stuff here that you're all going to really enjoy. And I know that because I really enjoyed it. And if you listen to the show, chances are you have a lot of the same interests that I do. So please enjoy this conversation with Akira Van Egmond on Nomad Strength Show. All right, everybody welcome back to the nomad strength show ross hill you're here your host and i'm joined today again repeat return guest akira van egmond what's going on brother how you doing
0: doing great man yourself
1: i'm doing well we were just talking i'm suffering through some allergies but i'm sucking up that i got uh training's been going well we got uh a jiu-jitsu competition here in a couple of months i'm prepping for so diving nice. in the training pretty good but yeah man things are good What about yourself
0: yeah, good man. I feel like uh, I'm in a good spot in terms of training. I got I got afforded a little bit more time. I'm able to kind of like put together. It's it you know the the whole uh, the whole situation of the pandemic kind of forced me to rethink some things, and it's now coming together yeah. where I have some a lot more options uh, and time being the biggest one, but um, m- more options and and I'm kind of starting to put a little bit more of a regimented approach than i usually did yeah which is it's good i have it in my moments and it's useful i still like the freedom to kind of just be able to explore and not to get too tied up with anything but i'm kind of focusing on a few things and i think it's starting to help me not just get better at a specific thing but kind of like feel better overall so i'm in a good spot
1: well, let, let's break that down a little bit because one of the things that was hilarious that you just said was that you have more time. And I remember last time you were telling me that sometimes you'd go out and train for like three hours at a time. So I'm having <laughs> – that's like a yeah, funny, well, funny concept you're like, now I have even more time to train.
0: <laughs> I think I think the last time we spoke was the beginning of 2020, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think at that time I, we were still kind of in the, in the midst of, I was, I opened a restaurant in 2020. So I think at that time, maybe I was starting to, to open up and starting to have that, that time again in, in my like for, for the majority of my life, I had a, a, a lot of time, at least in the morning, I would always work yeah. at night and, and I'd love to just fuck off and, and, and go out for, I don't know, as long as I could, um, and, and do my thing. And especially as I started the kind of getting more realizing that fasting worked for me and I didn't sure. have to worry about food. It allowed me to really just like, I could just work out for four or five, six hours, doesn't matter. Right. But not like intensely the whole time. It might be right. a bike ride and then do something and then do something else and, and whatever. And I enjoy it so much. It's like kind of my, my, my favorite time uh, to kind of be in my own head and reflect and kind of process. So I would try to extend that as much as I can, like physically, you know, I think in the beginning it was more like, you know, a couple hours and my body starts freaking out or I want to eat something or whatever. And then over time that just became not a factor. Um, so going back to that time we last spoke, I think maybe that started opening up where I could do that again. Cause I think prior, those, Two years prior, I was really forced to like do things in, in like very regimented amount of times. I'd have 30 mm-hmm. minutes that I have, you know, even like 60 minutes maybe sounds like a lot. But for me, a lot of that, like half of my training is always like a, half of it is like kind of exploratory and seeing how I feel that day. Yeah, and, kind of uh, prep
1: kind of stuff, right?
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. a lot of, you know, just... Kind of just feeling it out and depending on how hard I've been going or how, you know, stressful or rough life has been at the time, you know, that could be more or less. Sometimes I could just wake up and get into something. But um, especially because a lot of my stuff is very focus driven. I want to if I want to be able to apply that focus, I kind of have to get in the right space. So now a lot more flexibility um i still have used that ability to like to have that regimented amount of time and do like if i have a short amount of time i'm just like all mobility rehab prehab and i'll just use that time wisely to set me up for the next day you know what i mean so i might yeah i've been focusing on my ankles a lot lately because i think they're kind of like the crux of what's going on with my knees and stuff so I'll just spend time opening up my ankles. And like, it's seemed, it, it would be boring to me before, but I'm kind of enjoying it because I know, I know it's going to open me up for the next day to be able to do the stuff that I really want to do. So to me, it's a lot more integrated now. So whereas before I, I might just not care.
1: I think that's an interesting way to look at it with the limited amount of time. Because I think in a lot of scenarios where people are short on time, they view that as I have to go super hard. To try to get as much out of, you know, if I've only got 30 minutes, that means I just got to crank intensity up for 30 minutes to make a shorter amount of time seem worth it. Whereas you're doing essentially kind of the opposite. It's like, I'm just going to you know maybe not the intensity, but I'm just going to focus on some stuff because I know I'm actually going to be able to train how I want tomorrow. And I'm going to prep myself for that today.
0: Yeah, as you're saying it, I'm, like, having flashbacks to, like, moments like that in my life where I'm, like, all right, well, then I'm just going to do some exhaustive measures to really, like, feel some kind of, like, I'll just burn out on dips or something, and it's, like, well, that's fine, but, like, what is its purpose? Like, am I getting, like, real strength benefits from that? Am I getting, like – sometimes it's, like, just having some resolve, and that's good, too, like, being able to, like, persevere through something, but, like, I think for the most part, like, I don't know how helpful that is, like – in terms of like a conditioning element, like it could be good if that's what you're doing. And I think if you got like a sled or you're pushing a car or something, it's like, yeah, go nuts. Like it's going to be good for you. But I think for the most part, it was just like giving me inflammation. (laughs) You know what I mean? And like not really giving me much benefits. I'd rather, again, like if you have all the time in the world, maybe it's different, but you know, I think for those moments, I'd much rather focus on like whatever is bothering me the most. And it might, like I might not even be, bothered but I could just be in a better position I can open up my hip a little bit more like it's just I mean for me there's always there's a lot of repair to do if I'm you know open to see that and I think now I'm just a lot more aware of how that I mean like you're training for a jiu-jitsu comp I think your performance is your priority right it's like how well you move
1: yeah there we go
0: yeah, I think someone was trying to call me, and I oh, think gotcha. I screwed up the thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, anyway, yeah. so so you know, I, I'm imagining with with your your lead up to that, like that's your priority. That's you, you want to yeah. just be as many healthy days to be able to put in the work that you can, right? Yep. Exactly. So I cannot That's how I'm looking at it for myself. It's like I'm I'm not performing for anything specifically. I just wanna, like want to be in a in the best position to perform. And I'm realizing like before it was always like, oh, you have to you have to put in this intensity or this effort to to get stronger every day, but like, I don't, I just see it differently. I just see Mm. it more as I want to, I want to be in a position to like be able to use my body however I can. And so for me, like, again, that could be being on a a yoga mat and just like playing with my knees and my, my ankles and kind of working through some stuff or my hips, you know, starting to figure that out. But a lot of it is just like, I'll just with no intention set up my rings and hang and see what happens. And it leads to so much good stuff. And it, it'll, you know, you just start open up. I don't, I don't force it. I just, I just start moving through different motions, and then I'll get kind of like an idea of like, I kind of wonder if I can move this way, and maybe I can, maybe I can't, and I'll start to work towards how can I unlock that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, again, just taking it easy, like not, not forcing it, and it leads to me like so much better results over the long term.
1: That that mindset shift to to getting to that more it's really it's patience right and yeah. that and i think that usually with people comes following some sort of injury where they mm-hmm. crank too hard and something happens was that kind of the case with you also did you have something that got jacked up or is this just all the time. time yeah
0: I think over over the years all the time, you know, yeah. there, there's, and a lot of it thankfully has been little stuff. I tore my calf recently. This was, I think, maybe like five weeks ago, uh, I was pushing a heavy sled and it got kind of stuck in the turf and I just heard my calf just go and I was like, oh, that that felt a little, you know, yeah. that felt usually my injuries are like I'll notice a day or two later. And I'll be like, what the, what the fuck did I do? And I'd have to like, kind of like go back and think about what I was doing and, and try to assess it and break it down. But this was instant. So I was like, ah, that's disappointing. Yeah. I got an ultrasound. It was just a tear in the calf and, um, you know, not much you can do about it. It's not like it was, you know, blown off and you had to like right. replace it or do surgery right. or anything. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to rehab this. I've gotten really good at rehabbing myself. And, um, and then that's that time. It's like it's almost like when you get sick. You know, you chill out. You you know, uh, for me, like I'll like I'll cut coffee and I'll do everything. Like I'll start getting very therapeutic, and I kind of do the same mm. thing with injuries. You know what I mean? So where I'll mm-hmm. just kind of do what I can to manage the inflammation. I don't do anything too wild. I'm not too big into pharmaceuticals or anything. So I just have like my little you know arnicas and this that and the other, and I'll just kind of sure. like massage and I'll put effort and I'll like. I was just digging in, like I'll take my thumb with some like Arnica oil and just start digging into it, like to where I'm almost tearing up, but it's just kind of moving that around. And I just felt all that was beneficial. And then just like slowly pushing the, um, the range of motion and seeing what I can get away with. And like, you know, I think once you cross that threshold where you're not fearful about it and you can yeah. plant, you, you just start taking big strides. It's still a little tight, but I mean, considering how bad it felt right away, um, it gives me so much confidence. there's always this injury kind of like five stages of grief with me where it's like something will happen and i start getting like my frustration and woe is me and how did how could this happen i was on such a good i don't know whatever and then i kind of go through it and i'm like all right well what's what's here a how can i manage this to like be back as soon as i can or be better as soon as i can but also like what is – where is the lesson here? What did I do wrong? Mm. Was it just my ego going nuts and I wanted to like do some stupid shit? In this case, that's exactly what happened. I was just loading up plates. Someone like gave me a compliment in the gym and I like said some like humble Throw comment. And then I was like, <laughs> fuck this, bro. I just <laughs> load them up. And, uh, you know, it's it, that's for me a big thing. It's like I, I got to be. – I'm used to training alone. And then when there's people yeah. around, I, I it somehow – it seeps into my uh, my psyche whether I know mm. it or not. So I always got to kind of manage that and just like chill out, and not try to impress anybody. Um, but um, but yeah. So where's like the lesson? Like what am I doing wrong? Like in yeah. this case, it was a little bit more of I think just a freak thing and a little bit of like chill your ego out. But sometimes it's like well, there's a, a a chink in your armor and you got to address it mm. one way or another. And then that's a big puzzle sometimes because a lot yeah. of times whatever gave up was not what was wrong. It was just doing its best considering you know is is right. you know out of leverage.
1: And then that's where you begin the, the process of kind of rebuilding everything, like you said before, and, find, and that And that's where the, a lot, a lot of that exploratory movement, like you gave the example of the rings. I'm thinking of that video that you posted. I think the other day you're doing like some single arm skin the cat things over the side.
0: Mm, up, I like, love those. Your, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and it looks wild when you do it, but I'm sitting there, and I'm and I'm watching that video, and I'm like, I can feel what's happening while I'm watching that video. Yeah. You're doing I'm just like, oh, dude, lat. And lat and, and the backside of the forearm going up into my elbow, that probably just I, I can feel it like that would be killer for this and, and help me open a lot of that up. So going back post injury, it's like, well, let's do some of this exploratory movement and find out this doesn't feel good. Why spend some time 100%. here and then rebuild that section. There was a um a couple of years back. I was working with uh, a coach who focused. Uh, his name is James Fuller. He focused on a lot of like the old time strongman lifts, mm-hmm. uh, like you know ones that n- literally nobody does anymore, and they're all like he has this massive library of old books by Sandow and Hackenschmidt and Schmidt and all these guys and all these exercises, and and he had they're this coming philosophy. back a little
0: bit. I it's feel awesome. like people. I yeah, I love it.
1: Yeah, I love it. And he has this uh, his his teaching kind of philosophy where if we're doing like single arm or single leg stuff, you have to build up the weakest side first yeah Yeah. like you're not allowed to go like heavier on the side that you can go heavier with like you have to bring it down that weight on your strong side to what the weakest arm does to bring that side up and so it because all of it's about creating balance from left to right essentially and where all of us are you know we have these like diagonal X patterns essentially that move through our system from shoulder to toe one direction and everything is always f- more leaning towards one side on every single movement that we do. It's like, if you're eating, you're always eating with the same hand, right? Like if you're, if you're doing, I, you're I on stand a shirt, you're towards you're one on the same- foot exactly. more often. Yeah, it's- exactly. So it's like all of these things that we don't even think about are creating Essentially some form, however small or however large, of compensation in our movement patterns. So it's like by doing all this exploratory stuff, you're finding out where a lot of that stuff is lacking. And then you can begin to like focus, oh, this is, this is where maybe some of this weakness is. And now I can focus on building this part up.
0: Yeah, that's the beautiful thing of having two of most of everything, right? It's like, (laughs) especially even like with injuries, direct
1: comparison
0: is—is this supposed to feel like this? Like, oh no, this is this. There's something off here. Like to me, it's 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 super beneficial. I I don't. I'm not saying you have to do everything one-handed or on one foot. You know, there's a there's great benefit to putting a barbell, you know, on your back and and trying to be balanced that way. But to me, like in terms of trying to figure it out, there you, you have there's so much ability to kind of read into different keys. Like to me, like mm. the bent press is one of those where, yes. and, and again, like one side wants to do a lot. My right side will like, if I just focused on that, I would take off. But again, like I'm just chilling out the right side to kind of keep the left always uh, coming back. And I, I think now more than ever, the, the left side is cooperating. Um, and and because it's such a weird kind of complex movement, or at least for me it is, and it's starting to kind of break down and make a little bit more sense it shows so many deficiencies because you're playing with a lot of a lot of angles and, and and especially like with the shoulder and even going back to what you were calling kind of like the skin the cat on one side. I think yeah. when you hang there it's a, it's called a meat hook where you're just okay. kind of like over one side yep. and and that changing of the angle from being horizontal to kind of getting to where you start to be in this vertical position yeah. what happens in your scapula? uh, it is really interesting. And like, again, on one side, it, it moves really smoothly and like almost intuitively on the other side, there's a lot of like hesitation and weird stuff. So it's like, it's, again, it's a cool puzzle to be able to break down when you have the opposite side as a reference. And I think for bent press, because it's shoulder and hip mobility and, and kind of awareness at the same time, I think before I was focused, focused a lot on the shoulder and I wouldn't have no, like proprioception of what my hip is doing at the time. And and with the bent press, it's like all you need sometimes is like a couple inches of room and you get underneath it. And I'm trying to like Mm. create that with my shoulder when really it's my hip needs to move over a little bit or my hamstring needs to unlock a little bit and, and just kind of figuring that out, but having both sides to play with instead of just saying, well, fuck it. My right is doing really good. Let me just keep going and, and bringing them both up and they kind of help each other. So I I love that.
1: The one that uh, the, the the one that always was surprising to me uh, back when I was doing this stuff with James was the it, it would even be it would be body parts that I wouldn't think would be necessarily related to the movement that I was actually doing that made mm. the most difference. So one of these exercises that he had me do was it was a behind the neck barbell press, right? Which mm-hmm. nobody does those in general anymore, right? But to take it even one step farther, we did it in a in essentially a front jerk or like split jerk position, but like a deep front split where it's like, Mm -hmm. I I I would, I would start in a lunge essentially with my knee on the ground and then just bring my, my knee that was on the ground up like two inches. And I'd sit in that position. So my whole like hip flexor area through that side that that back leg is, is completely stretched as far as it'll go. And then I behind the neck press in that bottom position. And like, just from left to right, having that difference in which leg is in front, made a huge difference on my strength levels and I'm like these even these aren't even the muscles I'm pressing with like how 100%. is that affecting how I'm strength how how I'm pressing vertically with my with my upper body when it's my lower body just whatever position like what leg forward that is so a lot of times there's in and, and that one of the things I've really come to appreciate in the last few years is this concept that everybody always wants to think that like our body is segmented Mm -hmm. Right, It's like, we have this muscle group, we have this muscle group, you can you can choose to isolate this muscle group. And even if that sounds right, by, quote unquote, isolating, there's still a million other things happening, like, because you feel it more on that one section of your body, there's still things happening all over your system, like nothing is truly isolated, when you move 100%. And so like being being able to understand that, It makes sense when like, yeah, I'm in this deep front split pressing and my legs are making the difference, like which leg is in front on how strong I am. So it's crazy how just moving through all of these angles and ranges of motion and stuff, it really kind of opens you up, you know, literally opens you up, but also just mentally to understanding, wow, there's a lot going on here. You know what I mean?
2: After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com/waypoint.
0: Totally. Yeah, I mean the, the whole isolating thing is interesting, right? Cuz even like it like overhead pressing, a for the shoulder and the hip are like so integrated, you yeah. know, when it comes to like I I, mean, I deal with it a lot when it comes to handstands because like really yeah. the majority of when my handstands are doing good is when my hips are are are, are connected and aware and I'm I'm having, you know, like proper engagement. Uh, and it has a lot to do with like you know that whole soas thing and like trying to yep. get trying to get this like you know pelvic tilt to where it allows because the, the to me and again it's like I notice it in pull-ups I notice it in obviously overhead pressing it's like when your when your hip is in the right place and your lat is able to kind of actually like squeeze down on a stable base where where yep. it doesn't it doesn't uh, budge and again this is kind of like the isolation thing is like. a a strict military press your whole base has to be uh isolated in the sense that like you but it's based on your bracing it's not like well i'm just taking it away i'm sitting on a bench or i'm doing whatever it's like you're forced to put your hips and your core and your lats and everything is tight down there so when you go to to press through you're just pressing through this this solid base and i think with the kettlebells that started showing me a lot of that it's it's it seems like an easy concept, but for me, I would, I would, I would miss the mark. And even from one side to the other, like, whereas my left didn't want to like, I wasn't like firing off that glute enough, or I wasn't doing something. Mm -hmm. And I think when you're in that position where you're in that lunge, you're stretching that psoas and you're stretching all that out. You really start to see like, Oh, this is a limiting factor. And even for me, like with lunges and stuff, I think I'll be so tight in that area to where my quads are like, over firing and I'm not able to even like bend my knee like well enough to to kind of get into the right position sometimes unless I just yeah. like have to come almost like from the ground up kind of you'll see it in Turkish get up sometimes where I'll, I'll have to kind of like re-figure it out every time it's because yeah. I'm just too tight too tight in the hips I'm like trying to do something that's not good for the movement so I think exploring those ranges you know I think probably the movement you're talking about with lighter weight to start until you get it. Because I'm assuming that you're, you're somewhat a little vulnerable where if you try to press through that a little too hard, you're going to jack something up, but it's really good for kind of opening up the mind towards what's actually happening.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, there was a lot of those I remember doing where like I'm thinking through them and like in general training is, people like to think of it as sort of this, this is my mindless time where I'm not, I can completely detach and I don't have to think about anything. I can just go in and grind, right? And there's probably, well, not probably, there is benefit to having those types of days. And it, and I would argue that it's more beneficial for like super low risk conditioning style stuff where you can just go sure. in and grind. But like if we're lifting things, like you need to be able to think through a problem as it's 100%. happening, you know, and, and actually connect, your mind to your body and understand what's happening, especially when you start pushing any amount of significant weight and as significant is relative to the person, but like whatever that, whatever that amount is, it makes a difference. You being able to solve problems while you're doing it. I think a lot of people detach themselves too much from, from their minds when they're trying to train.
0: I think also there's you know if you're attempting something heavy whether it's like a one rep max back squat or you just yeah.
1: you know overhead
0: pressing you know a fair amount of weight or whatever it is there's a buildup to where you know like for squats you're gonna load up the bar with 135 and then 225 and then 275 and then you're gonna build up And that time where you're building up for me is like dialing in a checking yep. out my mobility like where am I at and then having the proper cueing but once I start getting into that real working weight. I kind of have to tell myself, you've done everything you could from yeah. like your life up until this point, and also this, <laughs> right. these, these, these build-up sets up until this point. Now it's time to shut it back off and be yep, more time. intuitive. But you had to set. That's what those warm-up sets are really important. They're not just like blood flow or whatever. It's like right. it's like you're cueing and you're getting yourself ready for like what's gonna happen, and you have to kind of like take those those reps as. As a primer to to what you're actually doing, because you, when you're really through a, like a a struggle of a of a rep, you really don't wanna you don't wanna have to think too much. You have to kind of like <laughs> shut that. So it's 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 a weird play, but you definitely have to be dialed in. You definitely have to think about it consciously, and at some point, let it go too. It's it's a it's a weird game.
1: It is one of the things I wanted to to talk to you about because the last time that we had chatted with, with just a few exceptions, you were like a hundred percent kettlebell stuff at the time. Cause that was when you were mostly training at home still, and you were out in the parks and doing that kind of stuff. And as of these last handful of months, like everything you post for the most part has been in a gym doing some barbell stuff again and kind of getting back into, uh, into that realm. So what led the transition back into that and kind of how is what, what's been the focus since getting more into the barbell stuff again?
0: Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's always somewhat on my mind. Like even when I was really like, there was a point in my life where I wasn't doing weights at all, and and some something was you know in the back of my head saying that that's important as well. But I think the kettlebells were a beautiful like transition back into doing heavy resistance, but having it a little bit more like work with the rest of the body weight stuff that I like to do. And I think the barbell was kind of like a, I'm thirty seven. I, if I'm gonna like have a nice run at seeing what I can do with a barbell now that I have a little bit more awareness, a little bit more control of my ego, where I'm not just you know grinding mm-hmm. myself into a pulp, uh, I'd like to see where that's at now. Um, yeah. And and I don't have like a time period of I'm gonna do this for a year or two or five, but we'll see how it goes. But so far it's been really beneficial, and 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 the the focuses have been pretty like pretty simple. It's it's been back yeah. squat. I think that might move to front squat. Um, I do a bit of deadlifting, but mostly just because I want to do bent over rows. And I feel like if I prime a little (laughs) bit with deadlifting, like my, my rows just obviously are a lot better and, and I'm doing the rows mostly to prime myself for some kind of pressing and that pressing turned into, I've always done weighted pull-ups. I love them. And I kind of like never really spent a lot of time with weighted dips and I started doing them recently, mostly because I didn't have a stable base to do them off of. Like I'll do it with rings, but weighted dips on rings are not on rings, Yeah, it, It's tough. <laughs> yeah, like, I can brutal, do dude. it, but it, it's really like, it's really, really, really taxing and, and, you know, probably better done with, with, with lighter weight. But, um, when you have a stable parallel bar, you can do a lot with dips and I've always been good with pressing, but like I found with like overhead pressing, especially with kettlebells, I, I just, I would take two steps forward and then one step back often, mm. if not even one step forward, one step back. And some of that was like, my tricep was like kind of almost chronically inflamed. And I think I was just okay with it because I thought, ah, you know, my knees are kind of always like that. Like, this is just, this is just how yeah. life is. You're just going to have your pains and that's it. But a combination of starting with mace bells and doing these weighted dips, like my triceps feel so, so good. They, yeah. There's almost no issue. And I think it's, it's a twofold thing. I think weighted dips are such a natural for me, they're so intuitive. They're so natural. They feel so good. I feel like they really lock up, uh, the stability between the lat, the whole like kind of like back delt tricep, that Mm -hmm. whole connection, it creates such a like nice firm, um, stability there. And you're getting a lot of blood flow, obviously through, through your triceps. And you're able to like, for me, you're able to put more weight, you know, through it than I can any other way. Uh, and then then getting the the mace bells involved where you're getting like a really really deep stretch of the tricep and the lat and i think though though i don't know which i'm, I'm sure it's both but they kind of man they they really really helped me uh the, the mace bells specifically were really rough to start and i kind of like i i had some some weeks where i was like man i can't do anything with this arm because i overdid it a little bit with like gotcha. perhaps over tense and not as as smooth as i should be um but i think once i got the hang of it and even like you know there was like a, a lighter sledgehammer at the gym that i was using almost every time to finish and i would just do rep after rep and really kind of getting the motion down and it started opening all that up and getting rid of maybe some some imbalances or whatever within the scapula and it really yeah. u- allowed me to, to kind of open up which is something i've been working on for a long time um, but again, it, it's tough and it has to do with the shoulder and the hip together. Even like with, I do so much dead hang so much like, uh, hanging off a bar and, and pulling with a bar, but really getting, this is why I'm doing a lot of L sit stuff. Cause if yeah. you, if your hamstrings are like fully, fully stretched out, but you're able to keep a good uh, pelvic tilt, you really notice it when you're in an L sit on one arm. It's a little difficult at first, but even if you have to like, you know, use the off arm uh, to, to kind of stabilize or whatever, you really start to see how your shoulder is meant to be in an overhead position. And for me, I was always a little off center of that. I was always like right there, but, but not, not dialed in. And to me, there's no way to, that, that really exposed it. The, the, the one arm L set stuff, but anyway, so that all worked together with the mace balls, but getting back to the, the question of the barbell focusing on, kind of those basic things like again with the barbell it's really squats and and rows i'm not i'm not even pressing really i did bench a couple times it doesn't feel great for me right now and i I spent a lot of time with when i was young so i'm like "Eh, i don't know if i need to do that i might get into some barbell overhead stuff but i don't i don't know it's really just mostly squats and then weighted calisthenics and then the deadlifts and rows and using those kind of together with whatever else i can do you know if i have access to a bunch of dumbbells that's cool i can do a bunch of stuff with that doing some stuff with like cable machines and and things like that but keeping it real basic i'm kind of like the oddball in that gym because it's somewhat of like a bodybuilder influencer power lifter kind of like wild miami gym which is fun it's a fun (laughs) environment but i'm just kind of doing my weirdo stuff besides obviously like squats is pretty standard um, and and I'm, I'm I'm loving it. I think you know there's something to barbell squats. That's you know you're you're getting more weight on your back than you can any other way. I love sandbags. I love all other kind of ways to to load up squats. And even like doing double kettlebell you know rack squats are great. But you're limited. Like it they're hard for a reason. And if I yeah. can do twice as much weight with with a barbell, there's there's a benefit to that too. I'm not right. saying that you know it. If I was only busy with that, it would probably limit me. But man, to just have that once, it's literally once a week, I'll squat yep. with a bar, barbell, but I think it just translates and makes me so much stronger. If, again, if I'm cautious on, I think I was chasing the numbers when I first started yep. and I was maybe not, I was always conscious of technique, but but I was like maybe cheating the depth a little bit, you know, and where now mm. I'm like, I'm, I'm less focused on, on the number and way more focused on like being able to just like almost I'd, I'd rather be able to pause at the bottom in a deep squat and be able to come out of the hole hard and like thinking about it more that way. But I think it just has a lot of carryover to overall strength and I just overall like I tend to maybe because I fast and whatever, I tend to like, I'll stay kind of light and this allows me to stay just that like five, 10 pounds heavier that I'd kind of like yeah. to be. And I think it allows me to be stronger and everything else. So for me, it's a cool supplement
1: i wanted to ask what is it what 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 was it like going back and being in a gym environment after really not being in one for so long was there like a little bit of an adjustment you're like oh i gotta there's
0: deal a, with people there, again <laughs> there's a little bit of that there's I, I you know even like going out to parks and stuff you got to kind of deal with people in the sense that like you know some people are there to talk a little bit some people are there uh, again, I have to be careful with my own stuff because when there's people around, that sometimes I want to be a little bit competitive and stuff. So I have to like yeah. make sure that that's that's I'm using that in a good way and not just you know counterproductively to do something outside of what I should be doing. But um, I think that gym, everyone, regardless of of what their goals are, and some of them are definitely not mine, they're mm-hmm. all very busy working. So it's a nice environment. Like that's everybody good, is man. there to work. um there's not i mean man the amount of people who don't re-rack their weights blows my mind all that i have a lot of like gym (laughs) etiquette you know pet peeves and stuff like that but that's just how i am and especially when i'm lifting i get a little like i'm a little edgy i'm a little like you know there was there's i got into like an argument with like an older like you know kind of meathead dude and 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 it was over nothing you know and and i i had to kind of like check myself and go over to him and kind of like squash it and you know, just stupid stuff like that that I had to <laughs> kind of like adjust to. But I, you know, I had to say to myself, I'm like, you're here for a reason, man. You could be at your right. house, so if you're here, enjoy this. Let this, let yeah. the, you know, take this for what it is. I'm sure, like if you're, you know, if you're training in, in a in a jiu-jitsu room as good as maybe the team can be, you're always gonna have that that one guy who's a little, you know, I don't know, rubs you the wrong way, mm-hmm. and it's up to you, I think, to just be be the way you want to be about it. You know, you don't let that affect your game. Don't let that, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, for sure. It's up to you.
1: I remember, um, right when, right when everything started, I mean, around here, it was a lot sooner than in a lot of other places. But when Jim started to reopen again, right, uh, even in just the handful of months that it was around here, that they were all actually closed, going back in, there was this sense of like, it, it was almost just kind of overwhelming because there was so many people again, right? Mm. Like right away. And I'm just like, oh, okay, well, like <laughs> I got <laughs> like I got to get some stuff done here. I can't yeah. get anxious and stressed out because now I'm in a room with 200 people again. So it's yeah. like, I, I could just go back. And like you said, I could just go back and do this in my backyard in the grass and the sun. Yeah. But it's like, I, there was things here I wanted to do that I can't do at home. So it's yeah. like, just come in and focus. And like, there was that, there was that level of relearning how to focus and, and tune out what's going on. Just like you said, where it's like, yeah, I, I could be alone, but I'm here for a reason. So I might as well, I, there's no point in complaining about it. Like I drove here to do this. So there's like, get it done. You know,
0: <laughs> I, I think we all have a little bit more social anxiety than we'd like to let on. I think yeah. a lot of people have a lot of social or like, like um, maybe anxiety towards being alone. But I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people have a lot of anxiety about being around a ton of people. And I think it's supernatural, right? Like both both should give you some anxiety if you think about it, like in terms of our like long, long past. If you're alone, you're probably in trouble. And I think if you're around a lot of people you don't know, you could be in a lot of trouble. So I think that's somewhat ingrained in us. And I think we have to kind of like sit and breathe through it and say, no, well, this is the situation. Um, you know, I don't know everybody here, but we all have an intention of, of why we're here. And I think a, a gym is kind of a cool environment where there's a bunch of strangers with somewhat of the same purpose. And yeah. I, I think this is why people get a little like chatty and community driven when it comes to that. And that's not my thing, but yeah, even in small amounts with the people that I do somewhat know from outside of the gym, when I see them there, there's some camaraderie and that's cool. Um, but I think for the most part, it's it's a good environment to be able to like, be able to chill that part of your anxiety out and and be able yeah. to process it. But I think you do have to recognize it and like you you did it. You you just took a big sigh. I don't know if yeah. it was in you know kind of just what <laughs> if that's kind of what happens, right? You just take yeah, a big totally. sigh and you're like, ah, all right, this is what it is, and then let's keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the things for me, anyways, was I and I've been I've been like this for for years now. I'm I'm a and a lot of it has to do with some of like training. Uh, it's I was never I was never military or anything like that. So I don't want to confuse when I say previous training, but it was uh, like with scenario based and, and weapons based training and stuff like that. So part of it is like I'm in a big public space part of mm. my brain is always just in like scan mode, regardless of sure. it could be like the safest environment that I could possibly be in. Like, like a tiny part of me is always in that frame of mind. So totally. even, even in a gym where it's like, okay, I'm focused on here. When I'm in the middle of a lift, I can be focused, but even in, in that, and that's probably why I enjoy it. I just enjoy it more training at home because there's that one less level of like mental capacity that needs taken up when I'm training here at the house Versus when I got to be in a, in a gym in a public place, I can still, even if it's like, even in my jujitsu gym, like that's where every cop in the town goes to train is at no. our jujitsu gym. So it's like, I, theoretically, statistically, I'm probably, you know, safer right here for the hour. But even in that mode, I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm just constantly in the scan. So that, that big sigh was just like, okay, well, I got to do my best to not focus on so many other things that I don't have any control over, but still keep that presence, and it can get exhausting. Like just because it's so much sure. mental, mental capacity being used up in that period of time. You know, what I, mean? I also
0: think it, it somewhat should be kept. Like I mean, I think uh, you know some of my pet peeves at the gym is like a lack of spatial awareness. Like I mean, yeah. okay, if you're if you're doing jujitsu and you're if you're doing like live roles and there's you know twenty people in a room you got to be somewhat cognizant of the people working next to you because yep. for whatever reason, they're not, you know, you roll over each other. It happens. So you got to kind of somewhat always be a little bit, a little bit aware of your surroundings. And I think in a gym with a bunch of like metal moving around and like, again, this is why, like for me, when I go to an area, I'm, I start like re-racking rate weights and I start mm-hmm. organizing. Like I want things to be real organized around me. I don't want to like trip over a dumbbell because I didn't see it because I'm in the zone squatting. Yeah. And I think, you know, even people moving around me, I get I get a little uh, territorial. But it's like a lot yeah. of it is comes from like a real thing. It's like yo, I'm gonna throw this stuff over ahead. I don't want to have to think about you behind me. I don't want exactly. to. If I have to dump this weight, I don't want to have to think about dumping it on you. Like just give people space. It, it's I don't know. To me, it's somewhat like a necessary thing to kind of just. I, I wish more people had a little bit more of that awareness that you're talking about when it comes to that stuff.
1: For sure. I wanted to dive in a a little bit because you mentioned it a few times uh, nutritionally because you're a big fasting guy. And when when you started with the fasting, how did you approach it versus how maybe you approach it now? Is it different now because you've been doing it for a long enough time? You just really kind of. understand it works well because you train fasted, correct?
0: All the time. If I don't, uh, it's, it's rare. It's because someone made me eat breakfast or something, but I I don't, I don't like it. I, I don't know how that all started. I think I've never really had an appetite in the morning. Even I remember when I was a kid, like you, you go and you you go to school and you eat your bagel or whatever you're eating before. And I was kind of like, I'd eat it to eat it. And I always like eating. So it's not, it was never bad, but I just didn't have, wasn't hungry, hungry. Like I am at dinner where I'm like, ah, man, I'm ravenous. Like I want to eat this Mm -hmm. whole dinner table. So I think you know I used to I used to start I always had this idea a in my mind that like I need more and more and more food cuz I got bigger I got to get bigger 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 and I never got bigger. So I don't even know, you know, so I was always kind of fighting that 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 battle to see if I can, you know, kind of put on some weight or whatever, you know, just from like football mentality or whatever mm-hmm. it was. But I think I slowly started to realize like A was a time issue. So if I ate in the morning, I'd have to wait an hour or two to like, let that settle to where I felt good. Otherwise I just didn't feel good working out. I think there was a time when I was real young where I could just like eat a steak and four eggs and go and lift weights. But I think it was also like the way, the way I was lifting weights was just like a lot slower. So anyway, I think over time I just started realizing the less I ate in the morning, the quicker I could get to my workout. And then it just became where I would like grab a Cause I would also, again, I was doing like, I was going for long periods of time. So I would have like, maybe like a handful of Brazil nuts and like a a dark chocolate and eat that. And then I take my bike out and and be back in four or five hours. And I was like, ah, that's enough to get me by. And then I started realizing like, I don't even need that. And then it would be like where I would get done with my workout and be like, I gotta eat now. I gotta eat now. And now I can like get done with my workout and, you know, still kind of not care. And just, Mm. you know, I just keep pushing it. Like I just push it further and further. And I like this idea of having the freedom of not worrying about my hunger. And like, especially Mm. when I was younger, I was the worst when I got hungry. I would get really upset, really angry, really like edgy. And to be kind of liberated from that is kind of nice. And I treat it almost like exercise, where I'm like pushing it, and I'm not starving myself. Like I'm not, right. I'm Not dying. I mean, I can tell when I'm losing a little. I'm like, oh, I'm getting a little skinny. But most of that has to do more with training than than with food. And and when I eat, I eat. So it's not. I don't. I don't feel limited by it. I just like the freedom of not having to, you know, deal with that like bitchy voice in my head that wants to eat. And like I, I just like being you know, free of that. But I think it just started it started where it started and I just kept pushing it over time to now where I go, I'll wake up, like, let's say I wake up at eight o'clock and I start having my coffee and my water and I start getting moving. If I don't, if I I can not eat until like six or seven or so. And even if I, even if the first thing I do, like when I really, if I have time, I love to just have a beer instead of anything. Like the first thing I do is like six o'clock. I haven't eaten anything all day. I worked out for a long time and I have one or, six beers. And I feel like I'm on top of the world. And then I just eat and I'm like, sober immediately afterwards. And I had this whole like fun, <laughs> like euphoria of, of being a little like in outer space in my in my head. And yeah. I feel like I it, it just to me, it's, it's, um I don't know, just pushing a little bit of, of what I feel like I need to be grounded. And I think food mm-hmm. for me was always this grounding thing where I think and I'm a lot more comfortable kind of floating, floating around a little bit more. It's almost like kind of the same feeling of like, when you I'm not sure what your experience is but I kind of assume these days everyone has some mushroom experiences and I feel like that like coming up part of of eating some mushrooms it kind of feels like that when I'm fasting for a long time and I start mm, getting a little like ethereal and a little weird sure. you know weird thoughts and
1: how uh, <laughs> I'm thinking because of what you do is a fairly amazing feat in its own to be in a restaurant like all day long and not get hungry if you haven't eaten all day <laughs> like yeah is, is there, think, was there an adjustment to that or do you just like because it's your place you're just like nah I'm, I'm good
0: I think you know a lot I think anyone who works in restaurants will know that you're going to be around a lot of things that you can't have like food and alcohol for that example yeah. like so you know you're around a bunch of drunk people and you you can't drink, not because it's like, it just wouldn't be even beneficial. Right. And I think the same thing with food is like, you're just forced to look at food and you're just in busy mode. And you're like, this is not for me. This is, you know, and then, you know, there's, there's times where you got to just like, all right, I got to figure something out. I got to go eat something right now. But I, again, the freedom of not being controlled by that is to me very liberating because I've, I've, I've been in that position. I've been at, at, in a restaurant and I'm starving in my mind and I'm like, ah, I want to eat. i got to, you know, I got to go. And I was, that's why I was always very friendly with all the chefs and like, they would always hook me up. But you know, I just, um, I I like not being dependent on that. And I think even like, you know, even now it's, it's even more so it's like, it's, it's on my terms. It's not because anything else.
1: Do you have any particular focuses when you do get into like your, your meal of that day? I mean, is it really at that point, six, seven o'clock, like how, I mean, how many, different meals or is it just like one kind of big it, it's usually two. usually two point
0: usually two sometimes it's one i feel like if it's one it's a little like it's not good enough um because yeah. i i, I, I would both. think just
1: from like a uh, an intake point like it's just hard to get enough in one meal if you're not going to sit there for two hours and essentially it is more than that anyways you know
0: exactly i think sometimes if i push it real late i'll tend to eat more and i'll be able to eat more and then then i kind of am just not hungry for the rest mm. of the day. But I just I'd, I'd rather not I'd rather plan kind of like not plan but I kind of like leave space for for two meals. And this is maybe not the best advice. But I always eat like right before bed. I've, I've done it my whole life. Mm. I just I, yeah. I have no issue with it. Maybe I would sleep a lot better. Uh, if, I, if I, you know, if I didn't, I don't know. Um, I don't feel like that's the case. But but I don't know. I could I could explore that maybe as I get older, and maybe I'm a little less like needing that amount of calories. But for me, it's like one big meal, and then I'll try to get one minute more before I go to sleep. And in terms of what it is, you know, I, I'm not I'm not rigid about it. Like I, I want to yeah. make sure I get a lot of protein because a I think that makes sense, but also because that's what I really like gravitate towards. Um, and and I like a lot of fats again for the same reason. I think because it's beneficial, and I, I think it's just I've always always craved high fat everything i've always ran towards it since i was a kid um the sugars and stuff when i think when you eat like the way i'm talking about you tend to like not you don't you don't um you're not looking for the sugar as much because sugar tends to be a little bit more in like in the snack category and i don't have i don't really have time for snacks i'd rather wait and have like a big meal so i just tend to eat savory doesn't mean I won't eat some sweets w- when it happens. Uh, but I don't really have an appetite for for like, I don't do like the dessert after food thing. It kind of grosses me out. Um, so not that I don't like sugar, but it just doesn't happen often. Um, and, uh, and I'm not too scared of carbs. Like I, I love rice. I love pasta and all that. But it tend, tends to be something more simple, like like a big plate of like stewed oxtail and rice and beans. is like, to me, that would be like an ideal thing. And the beans is like, doesn't even matter, but it's more just like that, that rice and that meat. And I love veggies. I love salads, but I don't find myself eating them too often unless they're right in front of me. It just, I don't know. I feel like I get most of my nourishment from, from the meat. You know, I think that's somewhat more of an acceptable thing now with the carnivore and whatever. And I think some of that like real strict carnivore stuff still sounds weird to me, but um, I think, you know, again, there's there's a lot of ways to supplement. And again, that like the pill form supplementation doesn't really do it to me. But like, you know, if I when I had that injury, I started taking a bunch of like magnesium and zinc and stuff like that, just to oh, make yeah. sure I got enough to kind of like recover. But otherwise, I don't I think I'm kind of somewhat getting it from my food. Um, and, uh, you know, there was times in my life where I took like super green supplements and stuff like that. But I didn't I don't notice a huge difference when I'm taking it or when I'm not not to say yeah. that they're not doing anything. But I just don't know. This is my big thing with supplements. It's like, I just, I never took anything where I'm like, ah, oh, that made a dramatic difference, made a
1: difference rather than just you kind know? Of remain, at best, at best, for the most part, remaining neutral. With yeah. those, like I'm kind and of maybe the same that's way. Good. Like with most supplements. I'm like, I, I don't know that it made it worse, but it didn't do anything you know that I noticed was better in yeah. that sense. I the, started
0: taking um, creatine for the first time in my life. Maybe. Oh, nice. Uh, maybe like two months ago or something. I don't know. Maybe longer, maybe less. I don't, I don't really remember. I'd have to look at it. Um, and I noticed right away, I think also because of the way I fast and I, I drink plenty of water, but I, I think yeah. I I tend to stay a little bit more dehydrated than hydrated sometimes mm. just because I'm busy and I'm running around. I noticed that with the creatine, I was like craving more water. And and I think it just, it, it blew me up five pounds of just somewhat water weight right away, but yeah. like not in a bad way. I think because I'm always somewhat very lean or I'm getting, as I'm getting older, I stay very lean. I think it allowed me to just, I felt like a little bit more lubricated somehow. And I think it Mm. allowed me to like kind of work out in a way where I could kind of like, I can kind of keep going and just not feel depleted. And I was also taking um, every once in a while, just take some salt in the morning, like just a a little spoonful of like Himalayan salt and water, kind of like gargle it around and and suck it down. Sometimes when you do that on an empty stomach, it can be a little like you can feel a little weird. But um, but for the most part, I think for like the longer days, it helped me just to kind of stay, um, yeah, without a feeling of fatigue or de- like depletion that sometimes would happen yeah. otherwise.
1: One of the things that I think is really cool, and it and it's kind of it seems like it's presented itself as a th- as really a theme of kind of the whole conversation is this idea of almost everything. And we're very similar in this regard. Almost everything that you do, whether it be training or or nutrition based, or probably it bleeds over to most other parts of your lives. I'm assuming, is very like explorative, mm-hmm. and uh, it and, and a lot of the stuff that you're doing is anecdotally based, right? 100%. Like it's it's how do we. Like, I'll, I'll, sure, I'll try this for six months or a year. And we, I, I think we kind of maybe talked a little bit about this last time where, like, we're, we're, when the focus was handstands, right? And I remember I reached mm-hmm. out to you after that to kind of get some, some, cause I was getting going with them. I never really, like, made a focus of handstands before. And uh, it's like, yeah, if, if I'm planning on training until I'm, you know, as 90, like, what difference does it make if I spend six months really doing nothing else other than handstands? I'm still going to have, 50 plus more years of doing this. So it's like, what is six months? And so that, that, that time of that time where you can explore and learn all this stuff and and create essentially your system of what works based on your own anecdotal evidence, I think would help more people stay like stick to training. But I think people aren't patient enough to get to that point. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: It's tough. It's tough because you have, you know, you have conceptions and you have, you know, maybe your goals and whatever you think maybe this gets in the way. I think a lot of times you you really just don't know something until you until you like walk that path a bit and you don't know what what it's good for or what it's not. You can only assume. And I think some certain things are just worth exploring. You know what I mean? I think I think someone who spends their whole life lifting weights could explore some body weight. And I think guys who do a lot of body weight could explore some weights. I think it just Mm -hmm. things have carry over if you, if you kind of like dive into it fully, uh, when you do. And, and I think, you know, I think most people would be surprised, you know, even like bodybuilding, gets kind of like a bad rap in the, in the, um, you know, uh, uh, functional kind of, yeah. you know, fitness community. Right. But there's, there's lessons to be learned there. And I try to like, I try to listen to everybody and then say, all right, well, what do I have time for? What do I feel like doing? And sometimes I'll just do something once and I'll be like, nah, not doing that, but it's not like yeah. a complete dismissal. I might get back to it. It just at that time it's like this is not gonna fit. This is not gonna fit yeah. my 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 schedule right now, for lack of a better word. It's not gonna fit whatever else I'm doing. But just I, I try to have as many things with carryover. And the only way you know what has carryover, I mean you can get like someone who can lay it out for you and say, Hey, if you overhead press, you know, your bench press is gonna get better. I don't know. But I think for the most part, y- you have to kind of see for yourself because it is very individual it's like you have your um your strengths and your limitations and you have to see w- what what can i throw into that puzzle and 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 make it work all around better depending on your goals and and without trying it then yeah, i don't know to me it's 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 tough to it's tough to know otherwise and and be open minded about it like be be willing to let it go be willing to give it a full shot like don't have There's this kind of like concept that that I heard someone say about kind of like the whole, you know, existential like understanding of the world around us and just to kind of like treat everything very agnostically, like just to not really fully have a dog in the fight and just say, I'd love to really know the truth of this. And I'm going to just with an open mind, explore whatever concept, no matter how, you know, weird or stupid or whatever it might be. And I think when it comes to training, it's like you, you need a little bit of that, you know people get attached to their modalities and it's like yeah. the same thing with martial arts back in the day. It was like, no, you know, um, karate is the best and no, it's this. And then MMA came around and they're like, ah, well, listen, you can take a little bit of this and a little bit of this, but it's really more of this and this. Right. right. And now that's why jujitsu and, and wrestling and, 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 and like Muay Thai kind of get the, the biggest praise for, for how they have. But those are also like martial arts that were done competitively, uh, at a high level. So they translate better to competitive thing, but right. it, you know, you see karate guys who were doing on the high level of competition, like, um, um, wonder boy Thompson or something, you see how it translates. Mm-hmm. So, so to me, it's more about like pursuing excellence in competition, competition creates the reality, right? It's like what really works and what doesn't and, um, and then seeing it through. So anyway, I think people get attached to their idea. And then they want to like fit everything into that. And for me, it's like I just don't have a lot of attachments to anything, and I want to see what what is good for me. I don't, I didn't grow up thinking that like gymnastic rings were going to be the the best thing in my life. But I'm like I, I really I, I wish I would have started with them earlier. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. So it just it just shows it works for me.
1: The the competition as the test really is a good a good. Way to look at it, too, because I think a lot of people that try stuff don't have a point to where they can look back and say, did this work? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like they'll they'll just try it and then they don't you know, there's no way they don't they don't test it in any capacity. So no. it's like we we need those times. And and I don't even necessarily mean like signing up for a competition, but there has to be like a point in which you can assess. Did this actually do what I was hoping it would do over this this last however long and if so, great. Like, how can we continue to do this if it's a, if it's a, maybe it's an implement. Maybe it's like with, with you're doing with the MACE stuff lately. That's kind of a newer thing, right? Yeah. Or maybe it's just a, maybe now you're getting an account, whatever it is. It's, it's more of, did this work? How do I assess this? Rather yeah. than just like, do it for a week and it's like, ah, I wasn't really into it. Must not be work. Must not, it must be because it's not working, right?
0: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think having, a, you have to compare yourself to yourself, right? So that's the assessment yeah. and you have to be honest about it. And that's tough to do. Yep. And and it's even like, I have a history of fitness in my mind of like my, you know, thoughts of like, you know, in high school, I bench pressed this. And like, that's in my mind. And I'm like, was I stronger in high school than I am now? Or am I overall like totally stronger in just every other way? Or you have to kind of like, it, it's, it's tough to have an honest assessment of it. And I think a lot of it has to do with like, a number will stick in your mind, but it's like, how are you, how are you executing this? How do you feel while you're doing this? And I think when you're incorporating new like modalities, you have to have an honest assessment of how you move. Cause it might, you might have to take a couple steps back. Like the mace belts yeah. I had to, like, it, it kind of like, it broke me a little bit before I was able to like reap the benefits of it. But I kind of stuck it through because I had an intuition to say, ah, there's something to this. And again, because, Of the unilateral quality where my right side was clicking my left side was not and i'm like well i don't think it's the mace man i think it's my left side (laughs) i think there's something wrong there and it's just showing me so but you know with certain things you don't have that luxury and you have to kind of just be honest and be able to like kind of like take those steps back sometimes and then and then to be able to move forward um for an overall better better path i think like with my fitness stuff over time like there's everything everyone has their like plateau moments and even like with kettlebells i had some some plateaus because like to me the most fun thing to do with the kettlebell is to put it overhead regardless if it's like a snatch or a press or whatever and i think there was just limitations and i was like again the tricep inflammation and different stuff and you know i think i had to just let go where i, I don't remember the last time i strict pressed something but i probably have but I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on bent press and see how that mm. works out, you know, because yeah. I feel like it's something where there's a lot more to explore there. And, um, and again, I don't know if the whole weighted dips things is carrying over, but I feel like all my pressing is just through the roof. And I think it's yeah. just more of stability. It's not because I got better at pressing. I just, I think overall, my, my machine is working together better and and that's having yeah. a benefit, but that's me having that honest assessment and saying, you you know, to myself, what, what's, what's working and what's not, what, what do I need to let go? And what do I need to kind of like see through better? What I'm, you know, am I, I think certain things will, will, again, they'll, they'll, they'll break you down a little bit before you get the benefit. And if you're not willing to go through that process, it's fine, but you're, you might miss out. You know, I heard someone say the other day, um, there was more of a kettlebell guy and someone, I guess, mentioned to him or commented him like, Oh, why don't you do barbells? You get stronger. And he's like, well, what if I just don't want to like, who <laughs> right. gives a fuck like you know like it, it's such an individual thing like yeah. go explore it like go, you got to you got to trust your intuition a little bit you know you can't give into is is a weird balance between not giving into like the david goggins like you know inner bitch kind of thing and like not giving into that but i also like i don't know there's there's a little bit of like I, you know i have to be a little gentle on myself too because I, that to me, that to be my own drill instructor, it doesn't it doesn't get my best results in, in my right. personal experience. I have to kind of like, I'm already a little like that. I'm a little hard on myself. So I got to kind of know, well, if this isn't working, let's reevaluate and let's still get your goals done, but do it in a way that, that's working for, I'd like, I, I like progress. Like I like to yeah. see things that are, are progressing, not necessarily like, oh, I get instant um, gratification, but I, I get to see progress one way or another. So I'd much rather, I guess I have the benefit because I'm not doing anything very specifically. I'm not trying to like deadlift for as much as I can. I get sure. to, I get to gravitate towards things that are giving me progress, but at the same time, helping me all around again, it's, it's always about having kind of like a, a carryover over to, to everything else. If it doesn't give me carryover. Uh, you know, it's somewhat useless or it'll probably plateau on its own. If it's not giving me carryover.
1: I love it, man. That's a, that's before we wrap up, I did want to completely shift gears for like two seconds because I don't know if you're like a big, I don't know if you're like a big sports guy or not, but um, where you are must be kind of crazy right now because you have literally you're like two professional teams in the finals and (laughs) the the, the
0: hockey gets a lot less uh, I would imagine in so in Miami. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I don't feel like anyone cares. It was funny because I was in Vancouver and 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 everybody had their jerseys on for for <laughs> yeah. this. And oh, I was in Seattle right before that, and that's where the jerseys were coming out. I guess Seattle was was in in the playoffs at that time. Right. Um, and I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of love here. And I'm like, oh oh wow, well, the Panthers are in it. I didn't even know. <laughs> didn't <nobody> basketball <laughs> basketball gets a little bit more love. I kind of had an idea of how this NBA finals was going to turn out because I've been <laughs> on, on Denver the whole year, just thinking that these guys are just so, so loaded. And so man, they play, they play basketball and such a, to me, such a fun way to watch. They're always cutting. Really they're is. always moving. They're always taking efficient shots. They never have a lull where they're, they're, they're not scoring for any amount of time. So I kind of knew that And Miami's whole problem has always been lack of size. So I'm yeah. like, this is somewhat going to be a wrap, but Hey, they proved a lot of people wrong with the whole Boston series. They proved a lot of people wrong with Milwaukee. a lot of things. They, they got some <laughs> – Milwaukee was – I think that's almost <laughs> yeah. their, their demise more than Miami. But I feel like they got a lot of fight. They got good coaching. They, they move well. But they're outmatched. So if, if they can keep the score close to where they can get lucky at the end, they might be able to steal some games and steal a series. I don't think so. But, but maybe. Yeah, it's fun. But I, I didn't – I was really excited about their run leading up like in the East, but
1: I, man, no, it's like, this, and then you, and then you look team. at that. And then you look at that behemoth that plays in the middle of Denver and and oh, man. 30 assists a game or just like, he's, he's,
0: is he? he's an assassin, man. He's just so <laughs> crazy, so present and aware. And like, even Shaq was like, how, Hey, how do you, uh, how do you dictate or someone was asking him after the game? How do you, how do you decide? I'm not going to, not going to shoot in the first quarter and i'm going to get eight assists he's i don't decide anything man i i I let the game come to me this is almost like what we're talking about right it's like he he doesn't care he's not he's just he's just a surgeon he's just out there to do he's gonna he's whatever you give him he's gonna take advantage of you and he's got a squad around him all those guys can shoot they all can board they all hustle Mm -hmm. like it's the perfect team. You know what I mean? It's kind of reminds me of some of those old San Antonio teams where they just like yeah. play really well together. And then they got like a, you know, he's the Tim Duncan in the middle who just makes it all work and, and man, they're a problem. That's awesome, dude.
1: Well, man, thank you for making some extra time. I always love catching up and checking in and seeing how things are going. So I appreciate you making time today, brother.
0: Absolutely, man. I was happy to hear from you. Um, great talking to you. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again sometime, brother.
1: Sounds good, man. All right. Take care. Have a great day.